Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There has to be another way. From an old, reliable landing ship tank, the Philippine Navy's BRP Sierra Madre has morphed into an unlikely symbol of the country's defiance of China's increasingly aggressive behavior in the South China Sea. We deliberately beached the vessel in 1999 in response to Chinese concrete structures erected on Mischief Reef. It was the first of a number of instant outposts envisioned to safeguard our exclusive economic zone, EEZ, under the UN Convention on the Law of the Sea, UNCLO. Since then, many attempts to repair, maintain and resupply the vessel have been made difficult by the Chinese Coast Guard and its huge fleet of maritime militias. The most recent of these events happened last Friday, September 9th, when Chinese vessels attempted to block a resupply mission and got caught in a mishap. In the recent leaders' summit in Jakarta, President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. urged the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, ASEAN, to oppose the dangerous use of Coast Guard and maritime militia vessels, as they could increase tensions in the region, misunderstandings and miscalculations in the disputed waterway. Marcos voiced concern about illegal, unreported and unregulated fishing as well as the militarization of the reclaimed features in the South China Sea. He called upon all parties to exercise self-restraint on activities that further complicate or even escalate the situation. In the same event, he pledged his support for freedom of navigation and overflight, and a rules-based international order. The Philippines' goal remains the same, to craft an effective and substantive code of conduct that is in accordance with international law, the president said. This oft-talked-about code was intended to reduce the risk of conflict in the South China Sea, considering that China's nine-dash line stands in conflict with the claims of four members of the ASEAN, Brunei, Vietnam, Malaysia, and, of course, the Philippines. The crafting of the Code of Conduct, COC, has been a plan between China and ASEAN countries dating back to 2002, when both parties signed the non-binding Declaration of Conduct of Parties in the South China Sea. However, Discussions pertaining to the issue date back to the early 1990s. Currently, the code is set to complete its second reading this year, though promises of progress have often been given to the public. To say that the finalization of this code of conduct has been extremely delayed is an understatement. But, realistically speaking, what are the chances of having and implementing a code of conduct? Is maritime cooperation in the SCS even possible, considering the vested interests of all parties involved? Take, for instance, China. They may have dribbled the cock, claiming to be on the table to discuss its crafting and finalization, all while implanting themselves in the disputed reefs by establishing infrastructure and militarizing the reclaimed areas. Moreover, what role will ASEAN play in a dispute that directly involves a number of its members? What about ASEAN centrality? The ASEAN way is anchored on these key tenets, one, non-interference, non-use of force, and peaceful resolution of conflict, two, regional autonomy and collective self-reliance, three, rejection of multilateral military agreements, along with acceptance of bilateral cooperation agreements, and four, preference for sociocultural norms in decision-making, such as consultation and consensus. In a nutshell, ASEAN states must not intervene in each other's affairs and must practice consensus in making decisions. While the ASEAN way has benefited its member states in terms of economic and sociocultural cooperation and stability, especially since its establishment during the Cold War, it is still wanting in terms of addressing issues of high politics. 
its non-alignment is being challenged by its relationship with the two superpowers, China and the United States. It is limited because of its soft and informal means of cooperation. According to the ASEAN, its centrality means that ASEAN must become the dominant regional platform to overcome common challenges and engage with external powers. How will it become the platform to address such issues when each member has a different point of view on regional security? As I wrote in 2017, the organization is faced with two policy options. One, to modify or reinvent the ASEAN way, or two, to completely abandon it. If it chooses to maintain the status quo, it will run the risk of being downplayed as a mere talking shop. Alexandra Sharp's Foreign Policy World Brief last September 5 says, the bloc's inability to agree on foreign policy next steps has damaged its international reputation. U.S. President Joe Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping's absence from the gathering says a lot. Current experience shows that the ASEAN way is becoming a stumbling block to overall development and stability in the region. Past its golden year, it should be able to see that giving up some aspects of each member's sovereignty to achieve a common goal is, paradoxically, the key to protecting it more effectively. To move cohesively as a bloc, ASEAN needs to look at the concept of shared sovereignty in a new way. Kevin Rudd's advice should be heeded. Southeast Asia has to move as a pack rather than act as lone wolves. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 